you get to become this beautiful human being based off from these traumas that you've had in your life. And so you have a choice to look at it as either this thing happened to me and now I can't do anything else in my life because of it. Or you get to look at it as, hey, I had this trauma and yes, it has affected me and it has been difficult and it has been hard and it has changed so many things about my life. However, now I get to do all these other things in my life because of this trauma. It's led me into this whole other area that I would have never got to had I not been through that trauma. The Happy Healthy Human podcast will help you build your happy, healthy life. Your host, Paul Levitin, is a board-licensed health and wellness coach, nutrition coach, personal trainer, and behavior change specialist with over 10 years of experience, helping people create positive life change. Each week, he discusses topics that will help you understand yourself, why you do the things you do, and how to take steps to create the life of your dreams. He talks with experts from therapists, to addictions counselors, coaches, trainers, CEOs, financial planners, and more. If you've ever wondered how can you become the best, happiest, healthiest version of yourself, you've come to the right place. Nick Wingo is a survivor who now helps those struggling with post-traumatic stress using a variety of modalities such as breathwork, somatic healing, coaching, and more. Nick is a former firefighter and paramedic and his journey to heal himself from his own personal traumas created the foundation for the process that he now shares to help others. His mission is to help any and all men suffering in silence from post-traumatic stress. On this episode, we dig deep into Nick's past trauma, so it does get a little heavy. However, I think that it is important for you because Nick is a living, breathing example of someone who has faced the realist demons and come out on the other side not only as a survivor, but he has come out stronger and more resilient because of it. I can't wait for you to hear his message, so let's jump in. I know that this is going to be a wide-ranging conversation because I have a lot of questions that I want to ask you, but I feel like the best place to start for listeners would just be for you to give a bit of your backstory, a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you currently are at in life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I appreciate you having me on the podcast and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. I was a firefighter for 18 years. I, I got into the fire department straight out of high school. I was 18 years old. I was um, you know, young and really excited to be in the fire department. It was the thing that, you know, everybody wanted to have the hero's job. It was, you know, the, the men wanted to be, be firefighters and the women wanted to be with firefighters. And so I, I saw this job of this great opportunity and I got into the job at a young age and I got into the job and I, I thought that it was going to be this glamorous, great job. And, and it was, uh, there was a lot of good things that happened, but there was also a lot of struggle that came with it. There was a lot of difficulties and over the next 18 years of my career, I would come to learn what it meant to actually be a firefighter. Uh, I lost several several friends, um, several to suicide, several to line of duty deaths, witnessed thousands of deaths, held the hands of people when they took their last breaths, witnessed teenage suicides, murders, um, just so many difficult things. And so through my career, I started to uh, establish post-traumatic stress. And I, I had no idea that I had post-traumatic stress. It was something I didn't even know that was really a thing. I thought it was something that only uh, military veterans got when they went to war. Uh, little did I know I was actually 
getting post-traumatic stress from all these calls that I was encountering. And I was taking those calls and I was shoving them down. And I was just, you know, I wasn't allowing any of my emotions to come up around them because if I showed emotions, that was weakness. Because I came into the fire department at a time where to show your emotions was, uh, it was weakness. You couldn't do the job if you if you were sad or you're upset about a call. Um, that's getting better now these days. There's a lot of things that are that, that are happening in the fire service to make that better. But when I came in, it wasn't like that. And so I got into the later part of my career and I was having nightmares. I couldn't sleep. I was sleeping on an average of like two hours a night. I was having anger outbursts at my family, my kids, my wife. Um, and I looked at my partner one day and I said, man, I'm, I'm having nightmares and I can't sleep. And he, he looked at my, he looked at me and he was like, yeah, I'm like kind of worried about me. And he went and told the captain. Captain came to me and he said, look, dude, you got to go take a break. You got to go, um, you got to go get a psyche valve. And I was like, all right, cool. Awesome. Like you guys can give me a day off from work. Perfect. I can definitely use a day off work. Um, and that was when, um, things just really came out for me because I, I went offline six weeks after I went offline, my dad passed away. And when my dad passed away, I realized all the emotions I had been shoving down my entire career um, because I had finally stopped and slowed down and actually was present in my moment and realized, man, I am not okay. I'm not doing good. Shortly after my dad died, I started um, having suicide ideations. I just got into a really deep set of depression. I realized I couldn't do it on my own. And so I went to treatment. I went to treatment for 35 days in treatment. I realized I can't go back to the fire department. I, I don't have the ability to add any more trauma to my um, to my heart. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't see myself putting myself in a situation where I was going to become suicidal again. So uh, I made the decision alongside my doctors that it was not in my best interest of the public or of myself to go back and work for the fire department. So when I got back, one of the guys I was in treatment with, he actually committed suicide three weeks after we returned. Uh, and this was a guy that came to me and said, hey, man, it seems like you're, you're getting this stuff. Why are you getting this stuff? Like, what can I do? And so I kept on trying to give him things and, you know, talk into him and say, hey, look, this is the way that I'm looking at it. But it just, you know, it just didn't help. And so I have made it my mission to find any modalities I can to heal myself from the post-traumatic stress and then take that and pass it on to other people. And so that's what I've been doing for the past two years is I've been going out and seeking as many treatments as I can to figure out like, hey, what are the most powerful treatments for post-traumatic stress? How can I use those to improve my life? And then additionally, how can I share those with other people? You know, I went out and I did, I did psilocybin, I did MDMA, I did ketamine, uh, I did all those uh, pharmaceutical, I guess they're not really pharmaceutical, but I did all those um, psychedelics um, and they were great. They helped me out significantly, but nothing has helped me out as much as the breathwork has. The breathwork is something that I bumped into that has literally changed my life. Uh, it's something that I can use daily. It's something that uh, will get me into as deep a states, if not deeper states than the psychedelics did. Uh, and so now I'm just taking that and using that to help other people and just say, hey, look, there's this beautiful thing you have. It's your breath and you can use it to heal yourself of so many things. That's an amazing story. And I always just want to say I appreciate one, obviously, you know, your your service as a, as a firefighter, but also anyone who comes on here and gets real and, and bears their heart and soul and talks about the trauma. And I think it, there's so much that you just mentioned that I really want to touch on. And the first thing being 
about the traumas that you experienced and how you didn't even really understand that this was trauma, right? You're dealing with death, you're dealing with death of friends and coworkers, you're dealing with death of, of strangers and, and injuries and, and all these crazy things in between. And a lot of times, as you said, people hear PTSD and think that it is you know related to army or it's only for people who go overseas and come back and it's only for some certain subsection of people. And even that, even that it has to be, have to do with death and people don't realize that trauma can be that huge and it can be that obvious, but it can also be something much smaller than that. And it can be anything in between. It, it's not a specific thing that's like, oh, that's trauma, but, but everything isn't. And it's really, from my understanding about how it affects you and to who your trauma is your trauma no matter what no one no i'm not here to to break it down or say you know people get into these battles of like my trauma is worse than yours or something like that and i don't think that's what it's about no matter what for better or for worse your trauma is with you you those 18 years which is a crazy long time for a career which is amazing it, it happened and, and there's no getting rid of that so i'm wondering you mentioned breath work you mentioned some other modalities but what is your mindset around a lot of these experiences that you've had that you could call them trauma you can call them good or bad experiences for, for better or for worse but how do you think about that stuff now with the with the opportunity of of hindsight being able to look back on that stuff do you still find it to be as traumatic now looking back on it uh no you know i I, I don't because I just I, I realize that my trauma is just it just is right it, it just is it, it is what it is I know that a lot of people don't like that they don't like that saying that it is what it is but it really like it's it's a part of me and I'm grateful for it I'm grateful for the things that have happened because if those things wouldn't have happened I wouldn't be sitting here right now talking to you right and so when we look at our traumas and we we get so caught up in so people get so caught up in their trauma like this thing happened to me and so now because of that i can't do anything else my life is ruined and i'm here to tell you that's a load of crap like that's something that is i don't know who's telling you that or I, that's the story where you came up with that story but it's just not truth right you get to become this beautiful human being based off from these traumas that you've had in your life. And so you have a choice. You have a choice to look at it as either this thing happened to me and now I can't do anything else in my life because of it. Or you get to look at it as, hey, I had this trauma and yes, it has affected me and it has been difficult and it has been hard and it has changed so many things about my life. However, now I get to do all these other things in my life because of this trauma. It's led me into this whole other area that I would have never got to had I not been through that trauma. I would have never bumped into breath work had I not had all these traumas. I would have never had the healing that I've had in my body if it wasn't for those traumas. I mean, I had asthma and all kinds of diseases of inflammation, and I didn't even realize that I could have the ability to heal those things. And, and I'm here to tell you right now, like I don't have asthma anymore and it's solely because of the breath work. And I wouldn't have bumped in the breath work if it wasn't for the trauma, right? So it's it's all this thing of like really looking and evaluating it and going, you know, is this trauma really holding me back? It's really not. It's developed you into who you are. Man, I love that you said that so much 
because that's exactly how I feel. And I've done entire episodes about this, you know, the, the concept of, of personal ownership and exactly what you said there, it is. It's not good, it's not bad, it just is. We can't go back and change anything for better or for worse. So I know people hear me talk like this and hear you talk like this and, and they can immediately recoil because we don't want to own these things. We want to own the good, but we don't want to own the bad. And I appreciate you saying that because I say this a lot on this podcast, but I feel like people can hear me say it and go, well, yeah, well, that's nice for you, Paul, because you haven't dealt with my trauma. My trauma is special. You don't understand. But here you are, Nick, talking about what you've been through, and that's real. You know, you, you, there's, you know, again, this isn't the, the pain Olympics, but if it were, you would be, you would be standing on the podium, you know, maybe not getting a gold medal. There's, I'm sure there's someone out there who's, who struggled and suffered more than you, but you can't, you can't diminish what you've gone through. So I really, really appreciate you, the way you frame that and, and that level of personal ownership. And as you said, it happened not to say it was good, but to say that where you are in your life, you wouldn't be there right now. It's the whole a butterfly a butterfly flaps its wings and everything changes if you didn't go through every single one, not just the cumulative trauma, but every single instance of all of those hardships, all of those painful things, you wouldn't be where you are right now as a husband, as a father, with your business, with as healthy as you are. So all of these things had to happen for you to get through and and lead up to where you are right now. However, I say that with the understanding of Again, that's with hindsight. It's easy to, to say that. So I'm wondering for you in that moment or in those many moments, again, before you found breathwork, before you found all this stuff, how were you able to get through some of those darker times? What, what was it that kept you going? Oh man, that's such a difficult question. You know, I, I just, I knew that there was no other option. Like I knew that, you know, I, I saw, I, I just, I've seen so much death that I knew that um, I just had to keep pressing on. You know, I had to just keep pressing on and keep moving forward. Um, I couldn't quit. And, you know, honestly, I, it, I, it's a miracle that I, that I, Paul, it's a miracle that I'm sitting here, honestly, um, because I, I, there's 170 people a year that was documented in 2019 that were first responders that committed suicide. Um, and that number is growing at a, at a, at a extremely painful pace. Um, and so I was just lucky. I honestly, I was lucky enough that my, honestly, Paul, if my partner wouldn't have looked at me, uh, looked at me and, and, and went over to the captain and told the captain, I, I don't know that I would be sitting here in front of you, man. Like, I just don't know that I would have been. And so I, I owe that man an extreme amount of gratitude for being brave enough to, go and say, Hey, like this, this guy is struggling. Um, so I was lucky in the fact that I had somebody that saw what I couldn't see. That's so true. And I am greatly thankful that that is how things played out. Obviously for you to be here and us to even be having this conversation is, uh, is a blessing. And it's interesting to me that you say luck, because I do agree that you had to be lucky. Right. It was the perfect storm of things that put you in that room with that guy at that time. And I also look at luck as we have to be able to receive luck because lots of guys specifically, but women too, but specifically guys would hear something like that and go, no, man, you don't know. I'm fine. Everything's good. Everything's OK. And they would they they wouldn't the, the same scenario, but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be able to receive that in that way and say, you know what? 
you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I should go talk to someone. Or again, as you said, two weeks later, six weeks later, when your doctor said, hey, man, you're not ready to go back. It's a combination of being lucky, but also being open to being vulnerable. So I'm curious how you have been able to be more vulnerable and how that skill, and I, I do think that it's a skill, has grown with you over time. And what's that done for you? Yeah, oh man, the power of vulnerability. I, I've always been a vulnerable man. It's just always been a piece of me. I've always shared everything about me and, and everything that's inside me. Um, you know, I've learned that when I'm, here's the thing about vulnerability. If I am fully known, then I can feel no shame, right? With, that, with the understanding that whatever, whatever, you, whatever judgments you have against me, those are your judgments. They're not my judgments, right? So when I, when I'm fully known and I give you all of me and I say, Hey, this is me, this is who I am. Take me or leave me. And then you take it and you can use it against me. Right. But that's on you. That's not on me. I get to feel no shame because I'm already fully known. That's just a, that's one of my, one of my biggest things about my life is I, I share all of me all the time. It's who I am. And if you want to use it against me, like, Hey, good on you, man good on you. You do what you need to do. You do you. I'm going to be vulnerable because I know the power of it. I know the power of vulnerability. I know the power of feeling no shame. Right. And, um, as the more vulnerable I am, then it makes it okay for other people to be vulnerable. And so I've learned that when I, when I go out and I share me, I, it's almost like you give permission to people to also be vulnerable. And that's, that's a, that's a thing that is, is dying right now in this time it was this this day and age of um really it's it's really all self we get all it's all about me all about about how can i do more for me what can i do for me rather than just being completely vulnerable and real and saying hey how can i just help everybody else and that's amazing i wrote that down if i am fully known then i can feel no shame i think that that is such a powerful quote and i'm 100 going to steal that and, you know, I, I, that brings up an interesting question to me, though, because I completely agree. And I think that, as you said, it's, it's a leading by example, right? If you are, can be vulnerable and you can show that, that this is okay for you, this big, strong guy, this, by all means, now successful, happy marriage, happy family, all these amazing things. And, like, you're doing it by being vulnerable. But what's interesting to me is that you said that you've always been a vulnerable guy. However, you also started off by saying that when you wanted to become a firefighter, it was because it was because it was a quote unquote hero's job, right? It's that bit, it was a being a manly man and being strong and, and that image that it put out there. So I'm wondering how those two things kind of conflict or if you think that they do or why they do, I would I, I should say that thing of like being a man or being vulnerable. And, and why do you think that society has that image? Yeah. Um, this is something that's been a huge discovery to me. So this, uh, right here, I wear, I wear this pendant. It's the, it's the yin yang. Um, and the reason I wear this is because it's when, when masculine and feminine cannot live alone, right? So the, the, the yin and the yang is to show that there's the masculine that has a small piece of feminine and there's a feminine that has a small piece of masculine. And so this is why I think that, uh, that, um, society has created this, this whole ideology between behind toxic masculinity is that toxic masculinity is a man that doesn't have the ability to show the feminine piece of him. And so when you are a masculine man and you can't show the lover inside of you, then you become toxically masculine. Mm 
And so um, I believe that a, a, a true a true masculine man, a true strong man, is a man that is uh, masculine in nature, strong, the warrior, but is also the lover and also has the feminine piece of them. And that's where the vulnerability comes, right? That vulnerability, that lover, that um, that softer side to you. Um, and so if I, I've learned that, you know, that this whole ideology of what a strong man is and that what, what has been created throughout the years, um, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's not right. Um, what a true man should be is that strong masculine with that small piece of feminine. And, uh, and that man needs to allow that feminine piece of him to come out. And when that happens, it becomes this beautiful. That's why people are so attracted to me. Right. Because I'm this I'm this tattooed, bald, beard, bearded dude. Right. And I'm wearing a, I'm wearing prayer beads and a yin yang symbol. And I'm a Christian. And people are like, what in the world is up with this guy? It's because I'm just I'm a masculine man who's allowed that feminine piece of me to come out and show the lover. Right. Um, and so I, I think that just society has got it wrong. We've just got it wrong. And we just haven't learned what true masculinity looks like. Yeah, that's really cool because in my eyes, I've always struggled with this whole masculine feminine dynamic. And to me, I think of it as just being human. I'm in a lot of these like men's groups and stuff and they'll talk about like, how do you be a better man? How do you, how, how can I show up as a better husband? And to me, I'm always just like, just be a good person. It's not mm -hmm. about being a good man or a good woman. It's about being a good person. Good humans are good humans. And, you know, a, a, a strong person, a strong man is a strong man and a strong woman is a strong woman. They, they, they all, these things are not mutually exclusive, but it's interesting the way you explain it. That's it's kind of the same thing, right? It's that it's mixing both things, right? It's not either or it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of that combination. But that takes, again, a level of vulnerability but also for those men specifically, and again, I don't think it's just men because I think women deal with this too. They struggle to show the emotional side of things, right? You referenced this in the beginning when you were kind of pushing down your traumas because to show emotion is to quote unquote show weakness in our society especially. So I'm wondering how you help the men that you work with specifically, or you're just your advice for anyone listening, for those who struggle to come to terms with their emotions or to let their emotions out. Yeah. Um, you know, your emotions are going to be there no matter what you do. And so you can pretend like you don't have emotions. You can pretend like they're not affecting you, but I'm going to call you out right now and tell you it's bullshit. And here's the thing is that we're actually scientifically proving now that our intuition is our sixth sense. And so our feelings are actual physical manifestations in our bodies. They literally will bring some type of feeling into your body. For example, I know my emotions quite well now. If I get mad, my face gets flushed. I have this little vein right here. It pops out. It starts to pulsate. And now I'm so in touch with my emotions that before I even recognize that I'm angry, I know I feel the feeling in my face and I go, ooh, I'm getting angry, right? Or when I get sad, I feel heaviness in my chest, right? And so I realize, oh man, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having heaviness in my chest. Oh, I'm sad, right? And so you can choose to say you don't have emotions, but that emotion 
It's causing you some type of physical manifestation in your body and you have a choice. You get to choose. You get to choose to take that and shove that emotion down and imprint it on your limbic system, which then in turn is going to lead to all kinds of other problems in your life. I'm here to tell you, I've been there. I've been through it. I have had all those things. I'm the most healthy in my life right now. And one of the reasons is, is because I'm allowing my emotions to release through me, right? I, I'm the most in shape I've ever been. I, 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 I'm the most flexible I've ever been. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. And don't get me wrong. I still have a lot of stuff I got to work through. But those emotions that you say you don't have, oh, they are definitely there. And they are definitely causing you all kinds of problems. I could not agree more just the way you said it right at the beginning there right you can try to ignore your emotions but it's impossible it goes back to exactly what you were saying before with the whole trauma thing and it just is we can pretend we can we can hide our head in the sands we can run from it but no matter what the reality is the reality what is is and that's such an important thing for people to come to grips with because it is. You, you, you can't change the reality. The writing is on the wall. And as you said, the body has a way of internalizing this stuff and making it come out. This is why, you know, guys who are super successful in their jobs have mental breakdowns. And this is why people have anxiety attacks. And this is why people are, are outwardly, outwardly healthy, but have hives and breakouts and all these weird things going on because we have the gut, we have what's known as the enteric nervous system. And all of this stuff is connected. And we're learning this more and more. Again, it's not just hippy dippy nonsense. This is literally the truth. And scientific studies now, I mean, there's literally scientific studies on this stuff. And so if people are like, hello, look at the stuff that's coming out on this. And we know when people, when men come to me, and one of the first, like, if they're if they're not in touch with their emotions, I ask them, like, how's that working for you? How, how is that working for you in your life right now? Because you wouldn't be sitting right here in front of me if it was working, right? Like, they, they wouldn't come to me. 100%. And that, that that's, I love that question. Like, well, how's that working out for you? And, and that's such a, such a, 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 a question that just cuts right to the root cause of everything. Because in reality, if things are working, then you'd be good. And if they aren't, then then you can change them. And that really is the essence of what we're going for here and what I'm going for. When I talk about, you know, and listeners will know, I talk about that happy, healthy human and what is happiness to me. And to me, it's just being in control of my life. And that's a mental and a physical thing, right? Control in the terms of like, am I anxious? Am I overwhelmed? Am I stressed? But also my physical body, right? Is that stuff manifesting in a way where I'm not sleeping, I'm lethargic, again, I'm bloated, whatever the thing is, I want to be in the driver's seat of my, of, of my life. And that's to me what I consider the life that I'm trying to build. And to do that, I need to be in touch with my emotions and I need to be in control of my physical body. So I'm curious, what does the life that you're trying to build look like? You know, I just want inner peace. Uh, I want good relationships and I want, I want to live a peaceful life and I want to be present in this moment. One of the, the most difficult things that I think any person works through, and you know, this has been my thing is just being fully present, right? Because in life we get so caught up in the future, which is this beautiful thing that we call anxiety. Or we get caught up in the past, which is this beautiful thing we call depression. 
And so really the answer to um, letting go of depression and, and anxiety is being right here, right now, in this moment, because this is the only moment you have. And so I just want to live in this moment because there's going to be all the things that are going to happen, they're going to happen, right? And all the stuff that has already happened, I can't change that. But what I can do is I can really enjoy right where I am. And so I'm just working to just be fully present in this moment and enjoy this one because it's the only one I'm guaranteed. One thousand million percent agree. <laughs> I say all the time, there is there is only now. The, the future is not real. The past is no longer real. So all we have is this one moment. But even with that being said, this is a seemingly simple idea that is infinitely complex, right? The entire religions have been written around this, and this is something that philosophers have struggled with for thousands and thousands of years. And the I always come back to, no matter how simple it seems, it's going to be hard. There is going to be some struggle involved in this. So how do you teach yourself, yourself personally, or, or those that you work with, to lean into that struggle rather than backing away and avoiding it. Lean into pain. Because here's the thing is that the pain is where the magic happens. Because here's the deal is that the reason you don't want to be present in the moment is because it's painful, right? Because so often when you're in the moment, man, it hurts to be in this moment because now I realize like, oh man, look at all this stuff around me that's happening. Ugh, I don't like this. This is really uncomfortable. And so you go from your uncomfortableness and then you lean into the, into the future or into the past and that's painful too, right? So it's, it's about learning how to lean into your pain because when you lean into your pain, that's when you have huge breakthroughs. Now, how, what are the things I do to do that? I, I, it's my breath holds. So one of the ones, one of the things is through the breath, uh, is, is being present is, is having a breath hold and feeling the uncomfortableness of needing to, to breathe, Right. Uh, one of the other things I do is the sauna, uh, sitting in the sauna at a, at a high temperature, 150 degrees for 30 minutes. And, you know, you get to 20, 20, 20, 25 minutes, you're, you're sweating and it, it is not comfortable, right? Cold dips, getting into cold water. So just those things, doing those things that make you paint, get step and lean into the pain. There's really a lot of power in learning how to work through your pain instead of running from it. Yeah, those are great examples and exactly as you said those little things of the sauna the cold plunge i i explain a lot these aren't magical things i you know there may or may not be health benefits to cold plunges i'm sure there are you know there's health benefits to the sauna there, those are great but to me the real benefit is the mental struggle that you have to go through and as you said that you know the first 10 15 minutes in the sauna i'm chilling i'm having a good time those last five, 10 minutes is like, hold on. I got to, I got to hold on for dear life right now. I'm, I'm, I got to, I got to concentrate on just staying alive. And you know, yeah. there's a lot of situations like that in our day to day life, right? There's, yeah, there's exercise, there's sauna, there's cold plunge. A lot of this stuff is physical, right? We're seeing a trend here. It's putting yourself in a physically uncomfortable situation because that's the easiest way for us to manifest this, to see it on a day to day basis. That's within your control. I'm curious, though, if there's anything currently in your life or recently that you can think of where you've put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, more so less on the physical side of things and more so from a 
internal uncomfortability? Hmm. Yeah, you know, I started a podcast with my wife. Um, and uh, we're really raw and vulnerable and real in that podcast. Um, we talk about like how we have fights and the struggles that we have. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm doing this because I know that we are not the only ones that are struggling. We're not the only ones that have fights. We're not the only ones that struggle through these things. And I'm in men's groups, so I, I'm 100% positive I'm not the only one. Uh, and so I'm just willing to put ourselves out there to say, hey, you know, there's a lot of couples out there that aren't struggling, that aren't having uh, that aren't having these things, but we are, and we want to help the ones that are struggling like we are. And so, hey, these are the things that we're doing and working through, and and we're sharing it in hopes that it'll help you because we we really have uh, worked through an incredible amount of pain. And so, uh, yeah, putting ourselves out there is it's a bit scary and uncomfortable, but I, I, the response has been really amazing so far. That's such a good answer. That's exactly what I was, was going for, something like that. And that's so cool because, again, it's the same theoretically. You're putting yourself in an uncomfortable position, something that inherently you're going to you're gonna want to recoil from. Your initial gut instinct is like to, step, to pull back from that, to no, I don't want to do this. People struggle just to talk with their significant other, their spouses, their partners in a one-on-one situation where there's no one listening. And now you two are recording that and putting that out into the universe for anyone to listen for all over the world that is the very essence of uncomfortability and vulnerability and i think it's a good lesson because it shows that you're pushing yourself in other ways not just okay like again cold plunges and and lifting heavy weights and stuff for some people for most people guys especially i found that's the easy stuff that's the That's the, that's the loophole, right? It's like, well, I know I have to be uncomfortable, so I'll go to the gym every day and be uncomfortable in the gym. It's like, well, that's not that hard for you anymore. You've been putting in 10, 20 years in the gym. I don't think that gets to be your uncomfortable thing anymore. I think that it's important that we continue to push ourselves in other areas and make sure that it's there's as much internal growth, right? Just like with your muscles, you have to lift heavy weights and progressive overload to grow your muscles. The same can be said for your vulnerability, for your emotions, for your 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 thoughts, your meditation, your breath work, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really cool for you to use that example because I think, again, you're just leading by example. I think that's a great thing for people to hear uh, straight, straight from you. So the thing that I'm curious about is a lot of the stuff that we've talked about today is about you know how you live your life, where you started, where you came from. You just told me you know to be present is the is the ultimate ideal for you. So when you are building your life, something I've heard you talk about on your podcast and on your social media before is freedom and becoming free. What does a, a life of freedom look like to you? Hmm. It's so difficult. It's such a difficult thing, but Um, You know, for me, freedom is to have the ability to be where I want, when I want, with whom I want. And really, that's as free as you can be. I I don't care about the money. I don't care about the stuff. I just want to be with the people I want to be with, when I want to be with them, where I want to be with them. And if I have that, nothing else really matters. 100% 100% I agree so much with that. It's about 
people and connections and living life presently again that goes hand in hand with what you were saying about being in the moment because if you can be happy together with your wife and your kids in a forest in a mansion that as long as you can be present in that moment it doesn't matter where you are it's it's so much more about the people that you're with and the life that you're building together absolutely it's all about connection with people right that's one of the things we miss is we're meant to live with other people we don't we're not meant to live alone we're not we, we just we aren't we don't have the skills think about it if you were thrown out into the wilderness by yourself you're going to die quickly if you're thrown out in the wilderness with 15 other people you're gonna survive a lot longer than you would on your own to be fair if i were to lose cell phone service for six hours, I'd probably die. So I, I'm, not, I'm far from a, I'm far from a survivalist. But what 100, percent I, I think I, I know, the humans are social creatures. We thrive with others around us, right? They, they, a lot of, a lot of studies and evidence coming out right now around the epidemic of loneliness that has come out of the COVID-19 pandemic, where people are dying committing suicide, but also dying, literally dying from loneliness. That's a real thing because we are meant to have social interactions. We are meant to have people around us. We are meant to have people that we love. And that's why I think it's so cool that something that you do, which is the retreats that you're doing. So could you tell me a little bit about what the retreats are and what made you start to do this? Yeah, absolutely. So the men's retreats is something that uh, I've gone out and done a significant amount of men's work where I've gone out and uh, really just learned how to be a vulnerable man, how to share my emotions, how to do emotional check-ins. Um, and then I found the breath work. And so I learned this other piece of it. And so I had this huge desire to share with men um, the things that have worked for me so that they can have better relationships in their lives. And so the the uh, retreats, they're just the biggest thing about the retreats. There's a few things is number one. Uh, taking time for yourself as a man, because most men don't do that. They they sacrifice self on a regular basis. Number two, disconnecting from all the bullshit that you have going on. And what does that look like? That means no cell phone, no phone calls, no emails, no social media, none of it. Just you and yourself and six other men so that you can be present in the moment and just enjoy your time. Um, and so we have, a, we, you know, we do a lot of, uh, we did a lot of internal work of like emotion check-ins and um, just being real raw, vulnerable. We do meditation. Uh, we do breath work. We do a cacao ceremony. Um, this last time we went up and did a, a trip up into the mountains, um, a camping trip where we, 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 we were going to go up to this lake and it started raining and it was, it was this whole ordeal we had to work through and then we had to come back together as a team and get dried off um, and get warm. And so it turned out to be this beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and then we did the sauna, we did the sauna and uh, some cold water after that. This next one that I have coming up, we're gonna be doing some uh, some equine work, some equestrian work. So we're gonna be doing some mindfulness with the horses as well as working around boundaries. Uh, you can work with uh, learning how to create healthy boundaries in your life when you work with the horses. So that's what this uh, next one has coming up. Amazing. That's super cool. And I think a super needed thing for 
men and as you said uh, everyone struggles in the same way I, I talk about this again a lot on here where i say this is just human stuff right any guy listening is going to say yeah I, I don't express my emotions enough i don't get to be you know to put myself first as much as i probably should so it's, it's super super uh, valuable work that you're doing the uh, one of the last questions I want to ask, I want to start to wrap up here and be respectful of your time, but you've talked a lot about breathwork and I have done episodes on breathwork in the past and I know it's a huge, huge thing to open up. So I don't want to, I don't want to open up Pandora's box right now, but I'm curious if you could just give a basic overwork, uh, uh, overview when you, when you're saying breathwork, is that the same as, you know, meditation? Is there a certain type of breathwork that people are doing is it just breath work in general or, or how how can i start to if i'm someone who's listening who's who's never really dove into this how can i start to just dip my feet in and get my toes wet yeah a really good place to start where i started was with wim hof um it's a really good starting point for me i've taken wim hof and kind of uh, up leveled from that and so i teach conscious connected breath work which conscious connected breathwork is an hour of open mouth breathing. It's really uncomfortable, but it dives, it allows you to dive down into subconscious mind. Um, it's actually as powerful as the psychedelics. It can take you to really deep states in the subconscious mind. You can have uh, feeling out, out of body experiences from it. I also teach soma breathwork and I'm actually getting ready to leave for Spain tomorrow morning. Uh, and I'm going on an eight-day retreat where I'm going to hone in my uh, my skills with the soma breathwork. The soma breathwork is um, it's a lot of left brain, right brain connection type of stuff. Um, there's some ohm chanting, and then it's rhythmic rhythm, rhythmical breathing um, to music with breath holds. And the breath holds, man, the breath holds are so powerful. You can get into really deep meditative states within the breath holds. That's super cool. You know, you mentioned that different modalities. Wim Hof is a great place to start. Of, of course, he's super famous. He's everywhere. Just Google that name. And it's cool that you mentioned, you know, there's, you're saying the, the open mouth breathing that can lead to, you know, hallucinogen experiences. And then there's the left brain, right brain stuff. So without diving too far into this, we can start to see that like this stuff is everywhere. It's connected. There's a lot. This this is the uh, the entry ticket to a lot of deeper work. And I think that's why it's a really cool thing for people to start to explore. We start to understand that this is not just your breath. Your breath is much deeper and and connects a lot of dots and pulls a lot of pieces together in our body, in our mind, in our mind-body, body-mind connection. So I think it's, it's awesome that you're diving into that so deeply and you're going on this retreat. And I can't wait to hear all about that when you come back and, and see what you've learned. Um, my last question that I ask every guest is simply if you had one action step that listeners can take right now today as soon as they take their headphones out to start living a happier healthier life what would it be just being grateful for what you already have in this moment like just looking around and stopping and going what do i have right now what can i be grateful for because if you can be grateful for the things that you already have then you can start to be grateful for so much more stuff love that. That's the most actionable thing you can do. So I, I really appreciate that. Nick, I appreciate you so much for being here. I'm going to have links to all your social medias and everything in the in the show notes. So if people want to connect with you and learn more about your retreats, they can. If people want to reach out to you, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah. You know, the easiest place is just go to my website. It's nickwingo.com. 
And that's got all my social. It's got the podcast with my wife, the Walk is One podcast. Um, it's got the retreats. I also have a PDF, uh, five breaths to use for anxiety. So it's I got lots of resources resources amazing. right on there. Just nickwingo.com. Amazing, amazing. Nickwingo.com. I'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes so people can come check you out. Thank you so much for being here, Nick. That's all for this week. Be sure to subscribe and follow the show so you don't miss a beat. Support the show by sending this episode to a friend or leaving a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Stay happy, stay healthy.